right. Well, welcome, y'all. This is Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. I'm Anna. And I'm Kel. And we have a special guest today on our Maybe. podcast. I mean, we're virtually doing this, but hopefully we can meet sometime in the future. Um, Cocktails by Pop, also known as Denicia. Is that how I say it? Yes. Okay. Yes, you pronounced it perfectly. Thank you. Yes. Hey, girl. <laughs> so we've been following you for some time on social media and digging everything that you've been um, curating, as I like to say, um, when it comes uh-huh. to drinks. And we just want to talk to you about what, you, what it is that you do with drinks and, you know, just your story in general. So, um, you know, starting off with your story as well as um, how you curate drinks a variety of ways with pop-up bartending and cocktails by pop. So um, tell us more about yourself. Tell us the story. So I'm originally uh, from Los Angeles and uh, I then did the migration to New York. I've always wanted to live in New York, but my parents were like natural uh, entertainers. So every time someone came over, my mom would be making cocktails or my dad would pull out champagne that was like gifted from Michael Jackson and stuff like that. And uh, when I moved to New York, I have a background in fashion. I thought that my ultimate uh, dream job would be in fashion. And then I realized that style transcends no matter what. And uh, somehow in the cocktail scene, I learned from the patron side of the bar that the one place you can get individuals that have no similar backgrounds is in the bar. You can start off with 12 strangers at a bar. Within an hour, someone is going to spark a conversation. You get what I'm saying? So it was within the spirit world where I figured out you can sort of make friends, of course, when it's done responsibly. So I say, man, I started to think if we combine that with style, maybe that's a way we can learn from one another about our history and and things like that through libations. And uh, then after New York, I moved down to New Orleans, which is known as a cocktail capital. Yes, and it is. That, we love a bourbon street. Yes. We love a bourbon street. <laughs> yes, they sprinkled me from, from the cocktails on Bourbon Street to, the, to the, uh, the ultimate classic cocktails that New Orleans is known for. I feel like I got polished uh, while down there. I took a trip to Atlanta as well, and, and where Black business thrives. And that's where a lot of the support, like you can do this and it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you don't, or you aren't uh, some prestigious liquor brand or anything like that. You can be a connoisseur and a consultant of what is, is good basically. So uh, yeah, so cocktails by pop. That is, we write our own narrative and that's it. (laughs) That's interesting. I know me and Anna talk about this all the time with like getting love from the hometown and uh-huh. really interesting point when you like when you branched out that's when you know the, all the support and the love really comes through and then it's funny because exactly. you know, on top your home I'm like oh she's one of ours <laughs> <laughs> yes girl so mm-hmm. the reasons we chose cognac as our spirit of choice was because of its premium factor how hard mm-hmm. was it to break into the cognac industry and to make cognac and put it on the market in general? You said how hard was it? Yes, how hard was it? You think from my perspective, like me using cognac and working with cognac and things like that? Yes. 
you know, I, I'll be honest, I didn't have much of a challenge. Like, for example, the, the first panel we I just did earlier, literally 30 minutes before this, uh, when I think of cognac, I think of the Great Migration. I think of both wars where African-American people were more comfortable and accepted and not marginalized in Paris and stayed. I think about the Harlem Renaissance where artists like Josephine Baker and Baldwin knew that they were accepted more so in Paris while here in the United States, we were drinking Confederate whiskey. Right. I think about things like that. And, and I can honestly say I've never, or I have not experienced uh, a hard time getting into cognac because I'm not uh, telling the history for anyone else, but my people. Yeah. And it's only the truth. You don't have to say, accept me into the doors or anything like that. Only thing I can do is speak our truths. And um, do I have to watch my mouth or can I? No, say you don't, I girl. Be free. We can go back to thank you. We can go into um, history and how it uh, bleeds into current history. For example, pop culture and pop culture is black culture and black culture is hip hop. And we can go and we can talk about uh, Jay Z and Kanye West. And we can think about, uh, we can put on niggas in Paris right now. And the meaning of that, as some will find it derogatory, black and white and other, but niggas in Paris, we were escaping. We were accepted there before mm -hmm. the U.S. understood our art form and, and jazz and things like that. It was accepted there. So, of course, if you're in a place that's leaving a good taste in your mouth, so is their spirit. So is cognac. And it, and I, you know what, I used to think of my uncles are drinking it and everyone's drinking it and I'm seeing it here and there. It's got to be some sort of uh, connection. Yes, I, yes. It, it, it has to be. And I say that all to say, whatever the brands are currently selling now and how they're doing it, I'm not looking to break into that audience, just like I'm not looking to correct my words or cold switch for anyone else to understand. Because if I tell you I'm finna or I'm bata or I'm going to give you both of them, you know exactly what it is. Did you know what I'm talking about? That's it. Yep. <laughs> we just posted about that. Look, look at the alignment because we right. just posted about the history of cognac in the black culture and how like yeah. the, the Hennessy directly went to marketing the to the black community. But way back in Ebony. Ever. Yes. It, yes. Ebony, the first, some of the first sponsored ads were uh, paid for by Hennessy. Yep. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that extra history lesson. Yes, and and, and bringing it back to niggas in Paris. Yes, that's <laughs> what our community needs to know. It's more than just candy. There's medicine in the candy too. You know, there's exactly. knowledge and there's a meaning behind some of this music. So, um, and me and Cal love you know music in general, but you know. Anyway, uh, speaking of vibes, we love your eccentric vibe, okay? Like, I'm love. are those twists? They look like twists. I wasn't sure if they were um, braids or twists, but either way. They're twists. And they wouldn't be possible without Brandy. And Brandy is literally in the kitchen now making <laughs> chicken wings. Yes. And she can do everything, oh, yes. as we all can. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I get a plate, though. I get a yes. plate. <laughs> okay, yes. And you know, if I'm honest, I really thought that you was from New Orleans. Um, and you know, I looked at your bio on Instagram and I got that vibe from you. Um, I'm gonna insert an extra question here. Is where's the heritage from your family from? 
So my uh, great or my grandfather and my great grandfather are from Shreveport, Louisiana. So of course, during the Great Migration, we move west or we go north, and we went west. And within learning that, like my my aunt's coming back uh, while we're still in uh, California, that's how I'm like, I know that I need to get there. I know that I need to get there. But I mean, we all come from we all are, are somehow involved in the great migration. So that was our story. And I've always wanted to live in New York. And I was like, you know what? I want to live in New Orleans too. And I want to try out Atlanta. But what I made sure, and um, I take it as a compliment that you thought I was from New Orleans because I make it a point not to appropriate anyone else's culture. Because as black people, we can sometimes appropriate culture as well. So I just engulf and learn as much as I can wherever I am. You know, I love step that. aside and know my place wherever I am so far as city. You know what I mean? Yes, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I I can identify with that because, one, I was born in New Orleans, but my family is actually West Indian. So they oh, nice. moved from New York, from Panama and Grenada to New York. So I grew uh-huh. up with that as well as being a military brat. So I know what oh, you mean by like adapting to wherever you, I've lived on the West Coast, I've lived in New Orleans, in, um, you know, the East Coast for majority of my lineage is like East Coast, like that's what I more so identify with. But I just think that's really dope. And I, I see it, I see it all through your branding. But what we also see is 70s Black culture. Um, so what was your inspiration behind that branding piece? listening to all the music as a child and and if we can if we really dissect what the 70s music was we can directly uh link it to civil rights and we can then go into the fact that we weren't necessarily learning our culture so but but through the music they were telling the story like marvin Gaye and aretha and all these people so of course we were it was almost like uh, during like the picnics and the barbecues and stuff like that, um, though our story wasn't told through the books, I could hear it. And um, I can't remember what I was reading, but it, um, it was sort of like this statistics show that the music that you listen to up until the age of 13 is what stuck with you. So of course it's, it's Marvin Gaye for me, it's Anita Baker, it's uh, Sam Cooke, it's Bobby Womack, it's all these artists who were also directly involved with the civil rights movement and culturally uh, expressing what was going on with black people. So my work, I, I love spirits and I, I wanted it to be meaningful and I also didn't want it to be a, a drag, like boring learning. So I'm like, so how do we marry the two? You get what I'm saying? And how do we pay homage to the, the music that, that led to, to hip hop, that led to everything we listen to today? So I make sure that everything we do exudes that so we don't lose it. Because in my opinion, that music that derived from blues and things like that and, and, and the music that we listened to in Hush Harbors when we had to get away from the slave quarters was no matter what. And vintage is in. So of course, it's like, of course, they, they aesthetically, even if you don't understand the, the context beyond that, aesthetically, you just get it. And if I can grasp you and I can get you there, I can explain everything else. So everything, I love the 70s. I want everything to look like an Ohio Players cover. 
<laughs> it's black sexiness. It's all that stuff. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was saying, um, I mean, when I look at the bottles that you're selling, I be thinking of the song, um, every nigga is a star. Is it- <laughs> 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 so I look at it, I'm like, yes, play as ball. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. You know what I think it is? It's a way to show that, uh, and I I can say this honestly from personal experience, I thought that our culture, it it wasn't exquisite. It was something I had to shake. So when I use words like can't and finna and all that stuff, at first I didn't understand that that was a part of our vernacular. But because that's not accepted in mainstream American culture, it's stripped from us. Because of course, to strip power, you strip your language and things like that. So when you get back to everything, you're like, no, that means something. And there are people, my people, that understand what I'm talking about and visually also. So if I make sure that every uh, every label we have exudes that, as long as y'all get it, it's fine. I love it. And speaking of um, players' balls, we are definitely going to have something in the works that we're going to kiki with you offline about because we definitely link up and do some big things with you post-covid post-covid safely (laughs) right exactly (laughs) so you have deemed yourself the negro historian and i love that name by the way (laughs) and mission to educate while consumers libate so we know people do not love our ugly truths of our past and I just wonder how does this kind of affect your business how does this affect sponsorship opportunities with big name brands or is that something that you even care about you know the first thing that comes to mind and I'll, I'll, I'll be frank um I didn't give a damn like yeah. <laughs> cause the work wasn't to make sure that any big brand could pay for it Mm-hmm. Like, for example, when I started and I and I deemed myself the Negro historian, it was off of classes that I held myself accountable for so I could learn my culture and I can also not teach but share with my people what I was learning. You get what I'm saying? So I can honestly say I don't know if there's been an, an effect, even if I, I, I'm not seeing any effect or anything like that. Uh, it's so funny you asked that question because I had a friend sort of asked the same question and said, well, have you reached your ultimate goal? I said, you know what, as long as as I can continue to uh, speak in my tone, not only, you know, for for events like this, but also speak in my tone through my products and it's actually selling out and it's being well received by my community, then that's it. So if the big brands uh, never come, which actually they have, I can say we've done a lot of good I was like, yeah, her client list is popping, sis, yes. I haven't had any sort of trouble, but but period, because in the United States, it was said that, and I think this was done before COVID hit, that in 2020, Black people would account for 1.4 trillion uh, in the market for some of our sales and things like that. So if I'm telling you, and I'm showing you that I got something that is is nostalgic to our culture, we're going to buy it anyway, because we're buying everything and setting the trends for that. So, um, I mean, I think real recognize real. So the brands that I would want to work with won't shy away from uh, how many times I use the, the the word nigga, how many times I refer to myself as a Negro story, how many times I refer to the fact that, uh, uh, you know, rum was made by uh, from the hands of enslaved people. It wouldn't matter. If you want to work with me, you want to work with me. And that's it. 
Well, we absolutely love it. We want to play a quick game with you on our, you know, proverbial couch <laughs> before we let you go. And it's called Rapid Let's Do It. So, yes, we're going to ask you a series of 10 questions, and you're just going to choose mm -hmm. this category or that category. So, I'll kick things off with cognac or whiskey. Cognac. Hey. <laughs> Fried chicken or curry chicken? Fry my chicken. <laughs> Hoops or studs? Hoops all day. Yes, yes. Uh, bush or braids? Braids down to the floor. Yes, yes. <laughs> all right, so we know you got the She's Gotta Have It label. So this is from uh, old to, you know, She's Gotta Have It. Mars or Jamie? Mars. Yeah, we, <laughs> we love Mars. You know, yes. you gotta be friends. We love you know? Mars. Right. You want some something long term? It gotta be more than just aesthetics. Um, mm -hmm. insecure or girlfriends? Girlfriends. Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. Um, East Coast, West Coast, Biggie or Pac? Pac. I mean, like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, now that we know you're from LA, that's a gift. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Peach liquor or triple sec? Peach liquor, because I love Atlanta. Let me just say that. Like, <laughs> that's my that's favorite. Favorite. Yes, that's her fave. <laughs> right here. <laughs> um, NOLA or NYC? Now, I know y'all wrong for this. <laughs> East Coast holding it down. <laughs> All right. And last one, bartending or curating experiences? Curating experiences, because I can put so much into that, that one experience. So I would have to say that it's a bigger umbrella. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. And that's actually something that I would have chosen over bartending as well. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Because um, Kel is a, a trained bartender, licensed bartender too. So yes. Nice. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> we are so happy that you were able to make um, come and join us on our podcast. And we definitely want to um, highlight your different liqueurs that you have. You so uh, it, I can say that uh, our business model, because we were mainly doing events and consulting, but of course with COVID, our business model had to shift. And mm -hmm. by accident, we went into shipping mixers mm -hmm. and mixers with basically a black box, a black box of total experience and history and things like that. And it kind of grew into something I had never really visioned, but that's usually what happens with like ideas. You're like, I wouldn't even think about that. And now happen. Uh, most of our, the way I, I sort of do it, I feel like a hip hop artist because I want to be a rapper in my past life. And I'm like, I'll drop it like a mixtape. So based on how I'm feeling or what comes over me, that's what the drop will be. Uh, I've been watching a lot of black movies. So the two recent cocktails that we have are based on iconic black films. Yes. And for example, Solo, first black fairy tale. We need to address coming to America. It addresses yes. our culture, immigration, all sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, 
and gotta have it. Black sexuality. You know, I, I don't know if, if people follow me, they know, you know, some of my photos are racy or nude, but that doesn't have anything to do with education and what I can actually bring to the table. It doesn't devalue or take away from any of that. Uh, so I really wanted to touch, you know, based on even how important Spike Lee is and how that movie was told, you know, through a man's perspective for a woman, but, but how he tried to redo it and have women involved, just different aspects. And uh, the, the cocktails is sold out nonstop. So we're basically restocking for July 10th in which we'll drop a new cocktail that's based on uh, some a few legends from hip hop. Okay. Okay, we'll be I on the lookout for that. Yeah. Down. I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah, we'll be on the lookout right. for that for sure. <laughs> yes, okay. we're excited to see it. So tell everybody where they can find you um, on your website. Um, tell us where we can find you on the Instagram. How can we follow you? So uh, follow me on Chicken and Champagne on Instagram. And if you slide in my DMs, you can become, uh, get involved with the uh, waiting list or the email list for the next cocktail. As soon as we restock, those who have uh, basically joined the, uh, the email list have priority shopping. Uh, okay. You can also go to cocktailsbypop.com. There is a shop button. As soon as you press that email, we've got yours and you are totally added to priority shopping. You know yeah. what I wanted this to be? I wanted uh, this brand, because it's so Black, I wanted it to be something you had to seek. I don't want it, it just out and everywhere, Can't and I can go here live. and I can grab it, or I can get here and I can, no, 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 you're going to have to come to see me to see if That's we got That's that exclusive me. shit right there. Yes. And, and, and most Black things should be. It's not, well, not all things are for sale and easily obtainable. So for, for this Black shit, you will have to get to me to find it. I love it. I love yes. it. And I just sent you a DM from the CCC um, Instagram to let you know it's <laughs> on that waiting list. Yep, exactly. Yeah, order two. July 10th, <laughs> everybody will have it again. July 10th. I was. I, I can honestly say that I was uh, floored. And and for me to see it everywhere, and I was just like, oh my God. And we've made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of bottles. And it goes to show, and there's this stereotype or this narrative that Black people don't support each other or we have a hard time with it and it's not the same. Uh-uh. As soon as we have a product where we can celebrate and support, we will. And that was proof. Because I was nervous about where my business was headed. And it, it you know, it's bittersweet because of the times, but I'm appreciative from the, su the support and the fact that I didn't have to code switch. I didn't have to go, well, so-and-so buy it if it looked like this or if, is it too Black or is it too this? from the soul that came out and it spoke to the people it needed to be in the hands of basically. Yeah. I think that's a, one of the biggest lessons that we're learning as well. Everybody is not your market, you know, market to the nope. people that has your heart, market to the people that, you know, who are out there to support you. And there's someone out there for everyone. Exactly. It's a cover for every pot. Yes. 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 Well, thank mm -hmm. you so much, Denicia. Um, yes, thank let you us, so uh, much for having me. We're gonna be on that list because I'm trying to have some of them bottles for my bachelorette. Oh, yes, July. Yes. So uh, <laughs> we gonna be we we are dead ass serious. You exactly. Know, so you know, dead ass. We are dead ass that we want them bottles. So <laughs> I got you. I got you. Keep us posted. And thank you so much again, girl. All right. Thank you guys so much for having me. Have a good night. Be safe, okay? You too. You too.